This is Petey Page. I am Mike. J-Mac. Brutal Dudes. We would like to introduce author Jeff Ryan. Hey, good to meet you, Brutal Dudes. Are you guys, in fact, bad enough to defeat the president because he's been kidnapped by ninjas? Uh, we've been actually yeah. discussing our, our <laughs> president contingency plan. Uh, oh, Pete's going to be eating a cat. Yeah, I have uh, to. I, <laughs> I believe, what was yours? I don't even remember. The apocalypse anymore. thing. Yeah, I, I don't remember anymore. My my plan was to start a community, and then we'll save him by community. Because that's the opposite of oh, what he's, mine what he's was for. The apocalypse plan was to kill all my neighbors. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we're idea. ready to go to save him. I, I think I think ninjas are 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 not a formidable enough uh, attacker for us. <laughs> what if they stood on the top of eighteen wheelers, like a series of an endless series of eighteen wheelers, <laughs> like Mad Max? <laughs> yes. Mm, ninjas and ninjas and eighteen wheelers, trucker ninjas. Well, I mean, so in the Bad Dudes arcade game, you are fighting ninjas on top of moving mm-hmm. traffic. Yes, I think yeah. I've always assumed that was that was based on true events. <laughs> <laughs> that dude's is actually historically accurate. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I feel like hmm, if I was gonna, if I had, if you were, if you're asking me what my attack plan for this is, I'm gonna go straight Nintendo eight bit and bump and jump on top of the eighteen wheelers with a dune buggy and just crush them all. Because I'm be driving the Doom buggy on top of the 18 wheeler. Because I mean, obviously, that's how physics works. Right. I mean, I've <laughs> yeah. seen enough 80s action movies that I'm confident that once you're in that situation, you know martial arts. <laughs> <laughs> All you need is a montage, really, if it's 80s style. Right. Yeah. And then, like, you know, uh, d- does Patrick Swayze really need to know m- martial arts for Roadhouse? No. But does he know martial arts? He fights a guy at the end, like it's Steven Seagal or Van Damme. See, see, see! All I need is some radioactive waste, and then I am just unstoppable. That's that's how that works. <laughs> or to be um, bit by a spider. <laughs> ah, that's an interesting segue. We're good at this. <laughs> um, you're not actually. You what's that? I thought you were going to go with uh, the magical jelly bean from a boy in his blob. Oh, see, Deep that's talk. a great. Deep I told talk. you guys that was a great game. <laughs> um, my cousin used to have that game. We used to, I used to love it because he just turns into, he can turn him into a ladder. It's fantastic. Did you ever play it? No, but it's on um, the one of the mini systems that yeah. I have. So it's fantastic. no, I haven't played it, but I have the opportunity to play it. It's a fantastic game. <laughs> it's a fantastic. Game. I used to like that one, and the other one I used to play all the time was which everybody forgets is Kickle Cubicle. I used to like that Ooh, one. Wow, you, you know what I'm talking about. Pulling deep, deep from the well there. <laughs> we want to let you know where our where our, where we're lying on this. We're 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 not. This is an amateur hour. <laughs> um, which I did want to. I want to address something that you talked about in your Super Mario book, which, by the way, was absolutely fantastic. I I read I read it so fast because oh, it was really you, easy to read. Like a lot of times with with that type of with that type of like a his, like actual historical material, making it interesting is like. You you can I guess you can fall into the I'm making I'm writing a movie I'm writing all fact right and then so there's no like there's no pizzazz that comes out and it was like it was very easy for me to gain the information that you wanted the reader to gain I think because the way you told it it was like oh yeah I'm I'm feeling this this is a story this is not like a history book but 
your prediction at the end. I don't know if that was an informed prediction about a Super Mario theme park, but lo and behold, as we sit, they're about to open it in, in Universal. Yeah, yeah, I felt like that was kind of an eventuality, like saying, you know, one of these days someone should make a great lemon-lime soda. Like, you know, it's it's going to happen sooner or later. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, but it was just, I, I, I remember reading it, and then I literally remember, like, right, like a month after I read it, I was like, oh my god, they're actually opening a Super Mario theme park, this is fantastic. Yeah, I went one for two with predictions. At the end of the book, I also said that the next 10 years of video game evolution was all going to be about motion control. And I don't know how often you've been using your Kinect controller. Probably not that often. <laughs> no. No. Not, no. <laughs> well, but I mean, hey, listen, the theme park one, that for me, that's that's that was a win. A win is a I, win. Predict, yeah, Nostradamus didn't predict thing. everything either. Yeah, I think the closest I think the closest we're going to be getting to motion control. Um, they're doing a lot of stuff with VR. I I love video games, and I couldn't get through. I I'm halfway through the book. It's it is fantastic, and I do agree with Jimmy that like the information is really easily accessible. It's a great read. I just I don't have the time. <laughs> I'm so I'm going little by little. Um, but I think you mentioned like motion controls. I had a connect, and I loved it, and I loved being there and doing like the fruit ninja with my hands and stuff um vr right now is there's there's some interesting things happening with vr in the sense that um i saw an article the other day it was it was connected to like a video um there's vr chat with avatars and there are people who are actually working on coding for really fine uh fine-tuned hand movements and so there were two avatars um uh doing sign language doing american sign language in vr chat so that they could communicate with one another because they both were deaf Oh, it's um, fascinating. Wow. Yeah, yeah. But they still wanted to be in this VR space and have this avatar and be able to chat with other people. And so like the 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 I can't remember the company itself or the 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 developers themselves didn't do the technology for really finite hand movements. So they kind of like went in themselves, was like, let's let's figure this out for ourselves. So we're gonna get some really awesome I I'm like the next five years VR is gonna be right now it's kinda like people like it or they don't and it's kind of like basic and stuff like that i think i think next five years is going to be it's just going to take off it'll be more accessible people are going to want to play it there's going to be games exclusive to vr um that's that would be my prediction but yeah that's you're so you're kind of on track there with the hand motion i think no i i think you're controls. you're uh you've got something there pete i did read a book about vr and they mentioned that one out of every six people is going to boot you are you're you're just not going to be able to uh cognitively accept what's going on without getting nauseated wow okay well maybe <laughs> maybe it won't be as as popular <laughs> no well you just come up with a game based around that like you could do it could be like a like a hybrid so you have a bucket and you get points for the bucket that can register onto the game for when you boot, and then you'll just get more and more used to it, and then boom. We're gonna get I'm imagine the Oculus Rift being sold in a bucket. Yeah. Like a five pack <laughs> and then a bucket. We're we're gonna get um uh, the Super Mario VR sponsored by Pepto Bismol. That's what we're gonna get. <laughs> Mortal Kombat. <laughs> oh my god, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I'm just waiting for Mo in the lawn one day and Pierce Brosnan comes up to me with an offer. <laughs> <laughs> i've been writing since lawnmower man i was gonna say it's a lawnmower so, man reference would mortal combo come with like pucalities ah that's, that's a whole new way of of looking at the end game this is how this is how it evolves i mean you already kind of have one because reptile spits acid right so that would be there, his. Was, there was a character who vomited on you too really yeah 
Oh, that's awesome. Oh, God. Yeah. This is, see, this is already done. All the work is done. <laughs> I, you just, it, it, there's like a fire, the fire one is toasty. We're like a think tank. We, <laughs> we should go on, exactly. what's the show, uh, Shark Tank? Yeah. <laughs> uh, have we got a, have we got a, a pitch for you? <laughs> I can imagine someone turning it down saying, I'm sorry, this doesn't make me vomit. Therefore, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been playing for 20 minutes. No vomit yet. Sorry, guys. Not investing. Never <laughs> never in the world has video games and vomit been coupled together so succinctly as when we pitch it to Shark Tank. Mark Cuban's going to go nuts. <laughs> um, So just a quick a side question. What's your favorite video game of all time? Oh, uh, my favorite game of all time is probably Super Mario Brothers 3. Yeah. And that is because of the overworld map. If you if you think of the like a theme park, when you go and you're, you're given this map that say, like, here's all the places you can go, here's how you course your itinerary throughout the day, and that's what it's like when you're playing that game. You don't need to go to every level. You can skip some of them, but you have the game. You want to play all the game. You want to, you know, go to all of the levels if you really want to. So that changed the the speedrun idea, which was in the first 20 years of gaming, and changed it to be more of a completionist. Instead of getting in and out as quickly as possible, you need to experience everything that you've paid money for. Not to mention all the Mario 3 side quests, you know, matching up the cards. Oh, yeah. Getting the, uh, getting the star, going behind the... Uh... Going behind the behind the black screen. I remember running behind that for the one level. And when you're Fred Savage and you have to get your brother to the tournament. <laughs> Wait, is that? Yeah. Little known fact. I just found this out this weekend. Did you know that there's a famous cameo in that movie that is uncredited? That's no. Tobey Maguire's first film appearance. Really? Wow. And the, and the scene where they're in, where they're at the gaming championship, and Lucas yells to the guy that's hunting. Fred Savage and his brother. He says, "Hey, guy, guy, they're over there." One of his crew is Toby Maguire. He doesn't say anything, but he's and he's only on frame for a couple seconds. But I feel like this is one of those discoveries that I had, like when I discovered Sam Rockwell was in Ninja Turtles. Oh, this is my favorite part of Ninja yeah. Turtles. <laughs> First Ninja Turtles. Yeah, he's yeah. one of the punks, the teen punks, right? Yeah. He's the yeah. one that offers them cigarettes in the beginning, and not, not a lot of people that they're not a lot of people catch that. Or Elijah Wood in Back to the Future too. See, whenever I think of, of children's movies, I'm just like, you have to cast Sam Rockwell and Elias Coteas. Otherwise, you're just not going to land it. Yeah. So it's not. Yeah. It's, you, that's that's like Carrie Shaw. this day. If I was making well, a that's how deep in talent they rolled for the first TMNT. Oscar yeah. winner Sam Rockwell shows up just out of nowhere. <laughs> we need to recut that trailer. Oscar winner Sam Rockwell starring it. Um, right. That's um, another. That's another good question. What? What? Would, what's your favorite? Uh, how do you feel about video games as movies, just in general? It's been so long since there have been like the bad video game adaptations I grew up watching. Like you know, we all got excited when Mortal Kombat came out in the '90s, and everyone screamed "Mortal Kombat" over and over again. And the yeah. movie, if you watch it now, it's it's hot garbage. It's yeah. trash. Yeah, but we loved it. We ate it up. Yeah, that first one. There's there's Absolutely. there's some rough parts of that first one. I still like a lot of it, but there's yeah. And that I first think... one is cherry to fire compared to the second one. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, and I think yeah. I think what it is is the first Mortal Kombat movie was coming off of those early attempts like the Super Mario Brothers movies to make Or the Double Dragon movie. movie. Do you remember right. that? 
So yeah, those, those yeah. were so awful that the <laughs> Mortal Kombat is like a cohesive movie is amazing. That see, and that's and that's I think we talked about this before. I think that's where Hollywood's going to start going is the original video games from back in the day. Like if they made You're a splatter kickle cubicle, the movie, the movie, dude, yeah. totally with 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 Matthew McConaughey as kickle. Just shaking my head. It's not gonna. Ha- it's not no, happening. I'm, no, but I'm, th- I'm saying like Splatterhouse. <laughs> Right. Like that would be a fantastic movie right now, especially with how how big horror is. You know, not that it ever dies down, but like it's huge now. But a Splatterhouse game would be, or a Splatterhouse movie would be, just I mean, why haven't they done like it? Barbarian? Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, just exactly, set it exactly. in Detroit and you're done. <laughs> that or or you know, Castlevania is another one. I'm just like I don't know why they haven't adapted this to live action. Well. Yeah, so, Rockwell is Castlevania. <laughs> He's the so, actual castle. So they they. <laughs> They've adapted Castlevania into an anime and it has gotten like amazing reviews. It's on Netflix. I watched the first like three episodes um, and it is because they, they can do things in animation and anime that like they just they it would take a lot in real life, like with a lot of CG. There's like one episode where like it starts like there's a there's a meeting in the town square and all of a sudden it starts raining blood, like actual blood. And if they were to do something like this in, you know, like real motion um, you know, it would just, it would be a lot. Uh, and then Blood deep... Rain wasn't a good movie, Pete? Oh, no, no, no. I'm, uh, that one was fantastic. Flawless. No notes. But, <laughs> but they, so they're, so they're doing like, they're doing different shows. They're doing different shows in different mediums. Like they're doing Castlevania for anime and they're doing like, I mean, The Last of Us just debuted on HBO this past weekend and it's getting like a lot of hype. Like, there's a lot, and I never got to play the game and it's, it's on my list. Uh, I have everything I need to play it. I just, one of those things I, I haven't done it yet um but it's getting a lot of like there are some parts where they're shooting scene for scene from the game and people are just like oh my god i can't believe they did this you know this broke my heart when i played it and now i'm breaking my heart again when i'm watching it and i'm uh i think i think there's there's going to be like a resurgence there's a lot of untapped material there and there's been a lot of really good things that have come out lately tv shows and movies um that people are like sonic like sonic has been killing it killing it at the box office if people love it people continue to go see it we're going to get more that that's the next like untapped resource first it was marvel yeah. and superheroes and now it's going to be video games it hey, has redneck to. rampage the movie sure do it i'm just glad that p clarified for me because i watched the first episode of last of us this morning and all i could think is man the new season of mandalorian got dark <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the graphics have gotten really good, but my my controller just isn't responding at all. <laughs> Pascal is just not moving when I'm saying the cutscene's going forever. There so was you, a, have, you you, you had mentioned saying, you have what's that, Pete? No, I was saying there was a tweet from a uh, there's a like a parody account that I follow because um, Last of Us is PlayStation only, and it was a tweet that said uh, "Desperate Xbox player watching Last of Us while holding controller." <laughs> <laughs> I, I I cracked up because I you know that's. Was that it in March? Be- it hit Steam in March. Hmm? Last of Us is coming out on Steam in March, I believe. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, so I'll be able to play with my Xbox controller. <laughs> you will. You absolutely will. Um. So you were saying you were you were saying to us before when we before we started recording, Jeff, uh, you're doing a star. Your next two books are Star Wars and Spider Man. Oh yes. Oh, yeah. uh, 
I've got a pair of books that's going to be in a linked Kickstarter. Uh, one of them is called Your Worshipfulness, starring Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia. It's all about the 40-year journey of Star Wars seen through the eyes of Carrie Fisher, who was literally a teenager playing a teenager who was also a space prince's diplomat and trying to figure out how that all worked. And so you get to experience a franchise behind the scenes and find out everything she's done with the rest of her life before she gets pulled back into it as Leia in the third act. Wow. That's awesome. And is that is that that's informed with I'm I'm sure like interviews and stuff, right? Uh, not directly with Carrie Fisher because she died before I started the project, but I found a, uh, some phenomenal resources to really let you feel like I was there on the set in 1976 because the people who were on the set wrote down everything and I was able to read it all. Please tell me there's a lot of information about the holiday special. <laughs> there's a whole chapter and the chapter, uh, is the only time I use the phrase "I have a bad feeling about this" because that's the title of the chapter. <laughs> oh my god! That's <laughs> is there fantastic. was there when you were looking up? Was there any information on the supposed uh, Zapruder film of Star Wars, where they made a dirty version that George Lucas supposedly had locked away in his vault? I'm pretty sure that's an urban legend, but like that's that was a circulated rumor that. They made it, they got drunk and made a dirty version of Star Wars that he, only he has a copy of. I never uh, heard that, but I know there is a dirty version of Mickey Mouse because I wrote a book about Mickey Mouse. And for uh, one of Walt's birthday parties, they they brought in a projector and showed a uh, a version of Mickey and Minnie Mouse performing acts of marriage. Uh, let me put it that way. Wow. So, <laughs> so Walt puts on a big fake grin and goes, okay. Who who did this, guys? Raise your hands. And then uh, like three or four animators raise their hands and he goes, Okay, you're fired. Get out. <laughs> that makes sense and sounds like Walt. <laughs> That's funny. I, I was reading about uh I just read I can't think of the name of the book. I just read it. It's like a history of animation. And it was told like on the, the opposing side. So it was like Max Max Fleischer and Disney and how they, they kind of rose together. And then Fleischer oh, yeah, kind of like yeah. lost his but the animation at Fleischer was like 10 times better. It's just, they just, they didn't know how to market it the same way that Disney did. And then Disney got, you know, the best animators and was able to make the whole, the whole thing. And Fleischer, like, if you look at those old Superman cartoons, they still kind of hold up. Um, and a lot of Popeye, Popeye is still, uh, you know, for animation wise, like, you're not like, oh, that's so crappy. You're like, it's still pretty good. I'm more of a Bratz guy. <laughs> <laughs> No, I totally co-sign on what you're saying about the Fleischer, Popeyes, and Supermans. Some of them look like computer-generated imagery. It's like, oh, yeah, you just had a model and rotated. Like, oh, wait, no, this is 1940. That was hand-drawn. Yeah. How did and they it's do just, that? And it's so crisp. Like, that's, that's, what I, that's what I love about Superman. I'm not even that big of a Superman fan, but watching those old cartoons, I'm just like, man, these animators were just so talented. And it's like, you, you wonder, like, you look at some of the stuff that comes out today, and you're like... These guys in the forties did this without computers. Like, how did and you guys can't do this with computers? Like, get get your get your shit together, basically. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that's yeah, that's that's interesting. I think if they were given, well, it's my opinion, but I think if they were given the time and the dedication and the like ability to to create like that nowadays, then we could get stuff like that. But now it's like, you know, they crank out an episode of South Park in a week. You know, they give they give them a week to 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 write, direct, 
animate, illustrate, like all of it is done in a week, and it's just like boom, 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 boom. You know, well, South like... Park isn't exactly 4K animation. <laughs> no, no, no. True, true. That's true. But one of the reasons why it it looks literally like paper plates flapping around is because it's supposed to look cheap, and because of that, they can they can do something like that in a week and be really topical. Yeah, no, I dig that, and, and uh, so that so the Star Wars. So, what about the Spider Man book? Ah, the Spider-Man book is called Father and Son Issues, The Secret History of Spider-Man. And are you guys uh, are you guys comic book guys in addition to video game nerds? Oh, 100%. If they're not, I am 100%. And I am a diehard Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man. Everything about him. Okay, so him. Father and Son Issues is about John Romita Sr. and John Romita Jr. Jr. is my favorite artist of all time. <laughs> Me too. So it's about uh, Romita Sr. took over for Spider-Man after Stan Lee and Steve Ditko had a fight in like 1965. And Ditko quits and never draws Spider-Man again. And it's one of the most stunning walkaways of the 20th century. But Marvel needs to have someone else draw Spider-Man. John Romita steps in and this, this weird, awkward character becomes the most popular character at Marvel and then in all of superheroes and then in all of the world. And the Spider-Man in your head right now is John Romita's Spider-Man. Yep, he, he's on a lot of the a lot of the promotional stuff. Is 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 like the how to draw the Marvel way. That's Romita's yep. Spider-Man on that one too. Even though uh, John Buscema drew that one, Buscema was drawing in the Romita style. It yep. became the the Marvel House style. It's yeah, it's I love Romita. I love I love Romita Senior too, but I love. Romita Jr., there's just something about the, like, I, I always say this too, like, the blockiness of his characters, but it's like, you, it's it's consistent all the way through. Like, they don't always look, like, hyper-realistic, but there's this, like, you know it's his style, and then even when he goes over and he translates over to, like, DC, like, when he did Batman for a while, there's, like, a, there's a really good version of Bane that reminds me just, it's almost like, I don't want to say it's a carbon copy because it's not, but it's a, it looks very similar to how he drew Kingpin, and it's the perfect way to draw Bane in my eyes is because he's just huge and like very blocky and like there's there's shapes in the what would picture. you imagine that bane's voice sounded like in real life yes well i i always i always appreciate the mexican wrestler voice that they give him uh because i mean he is he was a mexican wrestler but like i don't know part well, of harley quinn they have him sounding so elegant <laughs> yeah <laughs> Part of me wants, part of me wants like Hector Elizondo, right? Very, very well spoken. Part of me wants Cheech, <laughs> <laughs> because like I feel like it would be funnier to see like if this this hulking mass of character, and that's what he is. He's he's juiced up on that that Venom stuff, but like it would just be so much funnier to see to hear the voice of a small guy making jokes as a big dude like it just i just i don't know something about that always intrigued me to to hear his voice that's one thing that's that's rough i get i would think with comics just in general is translating the voice to 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 to, to the, like to give these characters voice actual voices that's why like some of the movies with marvel i, lo I love their casting is is so well of what you think of as as like the just just the character itself like I assume we're talking original Captain America. <laughs> yes. Yes, where he rides the motorcycle along yeah. the wall for like 40 minutes of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, Ramita is is uh, 
And so you're going to talk about the transition between Romita to Romita Jr. too, right? Yes, and all of the Spider-Man stuff over the years. Like uh, MJ is based on his wife, Virginia Romita, and she became the production manager at Marvel. If you want to know the Romita who saved Marvel from bankruptcy, it's not senior and it's not junior. It's Virginia Romita who worked behind the scenes to, like, one guy she literally had to hose down with deodorant because he smelled so bad. Marvel was a place where fanboys went and they could just be like lost boys without a Wendy. She came in and she was the Wendy and she made sure that uh, books were shipping a week early instead of like four months late. Right. Wow. That was, yeah, that was what that, well, that was the chapter. Is that chapter 13 they filed or chapter 11? They've filed so many chapters. <laughs> they have their own book of uh, bankruptcy. All of the chapters. Yeah. The book, there's your third book for the set. The, the book of Marvel bankruptcy. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's awesome. Yeah, I, I've always been a fan. I've been, I tried to get Romita on here a couple of times and he, I just never got a response back. But I mean, he's an artist, so it's tough with a, with a, you know, being on the radio, it's tough to, to have, you know, he can talk, but like, he could show his art. His art is probably more, you know, more, more, well, better for an audience to see than to hear. And um, it's tough to hear art. <laughs> so, right. And, uh, and also, like a lot of great artists, he's an opinionated guy. And like a lot of smart people, he realizes no one wants to hear my opinions. So, <laughs> so he tries to stay away from too many interviews because he's just going to start talking about other people and other events. And then he's going to get into trouble. Yeah, but I just oh man, I I I absolutely love I I have his that he's the reason why I actually enjoy the Clone Wars, the, not the Clone Wars, the uh, the Clone Saga from Spider Man is because he oh you mean he, and then the uh, the Ben Riley epic collected into omnibuses? <laughs> That's exactly it. It's just he just nice. is so it was just so everyone everyone craps on the story, and I get it. It's not the strongest story. But the two things that I always remind people are, this is comic books. You're not going to get, this isn't going with the wind. This is like, where do we go from here? And that was the next logical step is, oh, this is a great idea. And the concept was great. They just kind of let it go. And then, but his art throughout it, like even the different variations of clones, like you're drawing Peter Parker clones. Every clone has its own distinct style and face, even though it's the same face as Peter Parker. Like Kane looks enough like Peter to for you to know, like that's a clone. But at the same time, there's enough variation to be like, damn, that's what he would look like if half his face was burnt off. I get it. And that was yeah. just, yeah. it's just, it's just so beautifully. Like, I don't know what I love. I really can't describe like everything that I love about it, but it's just, it just is so succinct, and like I buy, I go back and buy stuff. I'm a, I'm, I'm a more of a story nerd because I'm a writer more than I'm more than I'm an artist. But I'll go back and find old issues of Ramita that he did for like other other comics that aren't Spider Man that are just to look at his artwork. Like I, he had a run on X Men that was fantastic. He did Punisher, I think it was Punisher War Journal, and his Punisher just looks just amazing all the time. And Starbrand was another one that I really like because he got to do a lot of weird space stuff. And it, it just and, and I think he I also think he did Dazzler, if I'm not mistaken. He did a Dazzler. He did. He's the co-creator of Dazzler. Yeah. So he's and it's like really? that's such a that's such a vibrant character. You're just like, man, he's got so many, he's just so talented. And it's like 
I have artist friends that like argue this with me, and I'm like, you show me another artist that's as prominent in Marvel that you that you could recognize his style in any book, and I'll and I'll give you a hundred dollars because there's not that many. Maybe McFarlane, but even McFarlane, I always get Todd McFarlane and Eric Larson confused all the time because they are very similar styles. But Romita Jr., I can pick him out. I can pick him out in books I didn't know he wrote. I didn't know he worked on it. And I can look at him and be like, oh, man. And I mean, just the originality of the stuff that he's done. Like, he created Dazzler. He created Kick-Ass. He helped create Kick-Ass, which is which was great for an independent. It was great. They made two movies of it. <laughs> right. And Romita Sr. Uh, co-created Luke Cage, The Punisher, and Wolverine in a six-month period, basically. I love Luke Cage. That's wild. <laughs> it's one of my favorite Marvel guys. I was so glad they did the show. The first season of the show was great, but it was like, then the second season, you're just like, man, why are they taking my favorite characters and ruining them in the second season? 